welcome to episode 21 of Well Beyond the Arc. I'm Manoli. And I'm Montana. And opening night of the NBA season is upon us. I think we've tipped off already with our first game tonight. Montana, how are you? How excited are you for this NBA season finally be tipping off tonight? I'm excited, but being a fan of the team who I'm representing at the moment, I'm also a little bit nervous. As a fan of the whole league, could not be more excited. As a Lakers fan, I've got some concerns. But overall, it's great. It's just like Christmas morning right now. I'm so excited for tonight. I'm overly excited. Maybe I'm too excited for this Warriors game because it could be a little could be a little risky and a little rough. But overall, couldn't be happier to be back. Well, that's why there's 82 these guys. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk more about uh, your Lakers and my Bulls later on. Uh, but like I said, uh, we'll just jump right into it. But before we do jump into it, if you hadn't hit like on – the YouTube channel. If you're watching us on YouTube, if you haven't subscribed to the Yankee and the Brit Sports Network, what are you waiting for, guys? We say this every week. We ask for this every week. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. And you and you won't be seeing all my emails, all, all of us sharing our, our posts all over social media. You just get that notification that our show's up. Um, so hit that like, hit that subscribe button, and uh, let's get to it, Montana. With, with NBA tip-off, you know, no better way to bring in the season like they have been done in the recent past here with the NBA on TNT crew. And it was announced earlier, actually yesterday, that Charles Barkley got himself a nice little extension, which means all four of those guys, Charles Barkley, Kenny Smith, Ernie Johnson, and Shaquille O'Neal, have all been extended. So those guys aren't going anywhere unless they choose to retire, but that's a different story. They all got themselves a bag. Montana, what, what do you think of uh, those inside guys getting those extensions and how happy are you to, or maybe you were not happy about these guys being around for a while on TNT? I think second to just watching the NBA game, enjoying the NBA game, watching these guys together, whether they're talking basketball or anything else is one of the most enjoyable parts of the NBA season. I look forward every time I get to see them. There's so many funny clips. You don't even have to watch them live. There's so many funny clips of them on social media. They are always funny and they give some really hot takes within that within all the comedy. There's some really hot takes that keep it entertaining. So they all definitely deserve that. And I I'm glad that Barkley got extended. I think that he, deserves that because he's one of the funniest guys on there he always keeps it lively and gives some interesting sometimes a little too interesting takes but they all do that it's just it's just how that just how that you know profession is but I'm really happy and I think that that'll just continue to keep that aspect of the NBA exciting because I think that's a whole different aspect being able to watch retired players and just talk about sports and just anything else I think that's a whole other side that brings in an audience that you might not have if that wasn't like that so I think that it's yeah. huge for for basketball as a whole yeah no I I agree I think it's it's huge but it's also exciting in that knowing that you know we haven't seen something come to an end yet the the, the, the good times are going to keep on rolling with these guys at least for the next few years and let's let's be honest. I mean, yes, we're, we're basketball junkies. We're fans of the NBA. But and I don't know about you, but I'm, <laughs> I don't even DVR the games. I DVR inside the NBA. I, I <laughs> yes, yes, smoke already. Well played, sir. We're off to a good start in the first five minutes. Uh, just to see what Charles Barkley is going to say, like you said, what crazy thing is Shaq going to do? How long is it going to take for Ernie Johnson to roll his eyes? How, how how hard are they going to pile on Kenny Smith and, and just ripping him? You know, it, it's just there, there's so many great moments in, in, in the show's history over the last 30 years. Um, 
and even today I just released a new blog entry on just my top 10 inside the NBA moments with video. So go check out those clips, you know, Um, okay. What is going on? Charles, uh, still there. I think we got a little bit of technical difficulty. I don't know if that was on me, but hopefully you guys kept, kept hearing me, but yeah, I mean, the inside the NBA, those guys, those knuckleheads are always providing some great entertainment. And for me personally, um, it's who he play for. It's, it's opening night. It's when, uh, they, Henry Johnson does the thing where he asks Charles Barkley, um, gives him five players and Charles Barkley has to figure out which team he play, they play for. And that's to be honest, that's kind of where I got, where we got the idea of, you know, NBA play or for our own show, right. Happens once a year on TNT, Charles Barkley never gets them all wrong or right. I should say, I think he's only gotten two out of five. So man, ghost best show on TNT. I think it's the best sports show going period. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for the NBA on, on TNT and the inside of the NBA crew to, to re up. I mean, what are they going to do next? But Montana, I think you're a little young for this, but do you remember the NBA and NBC or have heard seen? I've seen, I've seen some stuff, but I was not, I don't remember it personally, but I do. I I'm aware of it. That's kind of where I'm at with that. So me growing up in the nineties, and I think uh, older guys remember when uh, the NBA came to NBC in 91, I think through 2002, I believe you heard that John Tesha and I thought that was the greatest thing ever but then cue the NBA TNT man yeah I know I'm 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 belaboring the point but I'm excited to have him back but what's your favorite inside the NBA on uh or NBA on TNT moment of all the shenanigans they've done over the years They've done so many, but I really like when they did the whisper challenge. That was pretty funny. They did that. I don't remember exactly when that was, but that was hilarious. That that was one of the funniest moments, seeing them all participate in that. That was probably my favorite one. But also, every, anytime they're running to the board, that's also hilarious. Seeing them run, and that that happens a lot. We, we see them racing to the board. I mean, they just they keep it fun. That's the best part of this. It's not quite like a show like Undisputed where they're just yelling at each other about the same stuff every single day. They're having fun and it's all different, unique topics. And they really cover, they really cover like the hot takes and the things that people really want to see. So besides just those funny moments, they're also providing us the other side of that, that we don't see on those other shows. Yeah. Those guys are always up to something and and they always get sidebar. I mean, Ernie's sitting there trying to, <laughs> uh, don't don't get me going on these golden pipes, smoke. Don't get me going. Uh, but yeah, they they're always going to sidebar. Ernie is trying to read the highlights, and either Chuck or Shacker is going to come in with the side and they get totally sidetracked, especially when uh, when they urge Chuck to uh, to go off on the women in San Antonio. If you guys haven't seen that, go check out the YouTube clips. It is hilarious. Or you know, they're in the middle of talking about who's going to come out of the West. And Kenny Smith asked Charles Barkley where he got his cool new bracelet. And Charles starts going off on this random story about how he got off some dude in a steam room. He doesn't even know the guy's name, but some dude in a steam room gave him a bracelet. Uh, it's just so, so many crazy moments, so many crazy memories. Um, so I'm just super excited to see what they come up with next. Well, from some great teammates to, uh, story that happened about a couple weeks ago that we have to bring up because we haven't been able to talk about it yet. Um, 
the defending world champion Golden State Warriors have a little turmoil in the house with the incident, which everybody, I'm sure everybody's heard by now, about Draymond Green uh, and Jordan Poole. And I guess Jordan Poole was talking some smack to Draymond Green and Draymond Into pool, and of course, some leak. They'll have a pretty penny for it, so uh, difficulty. At least on my end, I'm seeing. There's Montana. Yeah, I so don't. What does Montana? I don't. It keeps freezing up on my end. You keep freezing up. Yeah, it's the same here. Same here. Well, let's let's keep going and see what happens here. So. Um, but yeah, anyway, I was just t- talking about uh, Draymond Green and Jordan Poole, that incident. And obviously, in Montana, you've probably seen the video by now. Um, what do you make of that whole situation, especially when you first saw the video? Um, so, yeah, the video itself, I mean, he it wasn't just like a little shoving. I mean, it was a full on. He was he was hitting him pretty good. And it, it seems like Green has had issues with teammates before, but not really. I mean, I'd never seen, you know, him and Kevin Durant had that moment, but nothing like this. This was like, this was above and beyond what I think anyone in that organization thought he would take that. And obviously the video was leaked and all that. And it just, it kind of rubs me the wrong way that he, he was really like that video should have never gotten leaked. And that was kind of a big thing that he said. And instead he apologized this and that, but I just think it's unfortunate. And I think that, Golden State is is done with him after after he he they're done with him I and mean, they're gonna they're gonna keep him um, for now but they're not gonna keep him. he's not gonna be a long term warrior the long term warriors are Poole and Wiggins and those are the guys they should focus on Green is not a long term warrior I mean he's he's seen his last little bit with the Warriors no matter how this season goes so it's just incredibly unfortunate that that's where we are with all this. Yeah, I it's if one it's just, it's just crazy to even see like it just proves that even on the world champion Golden State Warriors things aren't always smooth. You know, you always have something come up. Um, there's always conflict between teammates. But my first thing was okay. Yeah, it made made it worse because the video leaked out. When you have a visual of something, it makes things ten times worse, right? But my second question was, is this really a big deal? Now I come from. You know, the old school, I, we, we all saw the last dance when, um, you know, they talked, Steve Kerr talked about the, the story of Michael Jordan hitting him in practice. That was commonplace, especially in the 90s, even before, even after that. Um, the bad boy Pistons, I mean, they fought, occasionally would get into fights with other teams, but they fought themselves in practice too, especially towards the end of their uh, bad boy days with uh, with Bill Lane Beer. Hell, John Starks headbutted Reggie Miller in a playoff game once. And Charles Oakley and Patrick Ewing nearly kicked his ass on the court before he went back to the locker room. So to me, you know, it looks bad. Uh, Could this break up the wars? Who knows? If those guys don't get along and they can't regain respect for each other, then, yeah, I agree. I think that's the end of Draymond Green and and Golden State. We'll get into that more in a second. But I'm not so sure this is as big of a deal as everybody's making it out to be. Obviously, we're not well beyond the arc. We don't want to promote violence except for – we don't want to promote violence, but I, I really don't see this as, as a big of a deal as everybody's making it out to me. That's just me. 
No, and I totally get that. I think that media just blows everything out of proportion. I mean, it doesn't matter what it looks like or what it actually is. There's a lot of moments that even just media itself is blown out of proportion, especially with sports. But I think it it damages the Warriors long term if they decide to hold on to Draymond for the long. I, I just don't think they should keep him. They can't. I don't think. I think they can make it through this season with all of them, no problems. But I think Green is gone. I think that that was it. I think just because they didn't take, people were upset. They didn't take, you know, more drastic measures. They didn't, you know, he's not suspended as long. All this stuff. But I think they're just done with them after this season. I don't think they're going to do anything because I think they're looking at it like, we'll let him play through the season, then we're moving forward. And that's what they should do because a player like Poole is so much more valuable than a player like Draymond Green at this point. Draymond Green is not even doing what he was so valuable for in the past. He's not even doing that anymore. So he's really just, you know, maybe he gets four, six, whatever points, but he's he's racking up the fouls. He's not doing enough. So I think they need to move forward. I think the Draymond Green era is about done, and it was never really his anyway. He was kind of always, you know, the third guy, if, if even that. But I think it's time for an, a new place for him to go, for him and for everybody involved. Smoke, you got competition. Montana's railing in on your boy, Draymond. Well, look, I, I, I'm actually going to disagree just to a point. Um, and we'll get into the extensions here for, for Poole and Wiggins here in just a second. I'm not exactly the biggest Draymond Green fan, but I do understand what he brings to the Warriors. Um, he brings a defensive presence. He's a guy that when you have all the shooters, you have the best shooter in the world in Steph Curry, best shooter of all time in Steph Curry. Um, the other second half of Splash Brothers and, and Clay Thompson. You got a young Jordan Poole emerging. You got Andrew Wiggins. Um, James Wiseman's going to be playing a little bit more and, and probably going to be a little bit more of an offensive threat. He, he's probably going to be the fifth option um, going forward. You need someone that can be unselfish and doesn't need to shoot. And they asked Draymond Green a while back, you know, how come he doesn't shoot as much anymore? How come he doesn't score as much? And he said, well, I got the best shooters in the world around me. I got the best shooter in the world on my team. Am I going to shoot or am I going to pass to Steph Curry? I pass to Steph Curry too. Um, he does the little things, the dirty things, um, you know, hard hat, lunch pail, you know, th the things that don't necessarily show up in the box score. But on the other hand, he, he does have the tendency to bring up these type of distractions, say something in the media, say something on his podcast, um, a technical foul risk that can swing a game, get thrown out of a game, things of that nature. So you got to take the good and the bad with Draymond Green. I do agree that the Warriors should think long and hard before they re-sign Draymond Green. And maybe this this incident with Jordan Poole is their excuse to move on from Draymond. And, and the one thing, it's not just a matter of Draymond Green um, re-signing with the Golden State Warriors. He does have a $27 million player option he can choose to pick up if he, if he wants to at the end of this year. I don't think he will. I think he's going to hold out for a, a more lucrative deal. But I, I don't know how that's all going to work because, you know, we'll just get right into it. I mean, there, it's rumored that the Golden State Warriors are going to have a payroll with luxury tax included. Get this of almost five hundred million dollars next year. I think the salary cap in the NBA is somewhere under two hundred million. I don't know exactly what the number is, but it's under two hundred million. And the Golden State Warriors payroll is going to be near 500. That's absolutely crazy with the extensions given to Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole earlier this week. Montana, we already know that how you feel about um, the Warriors not re-signing Draymond Green. Mm -hmm. But they also didn't offer an extension to Klay Thompson either. So where do you think the Warriors go from here? Are they building around Jordan Poole and, and Andrew Wiggins and hoping to keep Steph as well? Or 
could Clay join Draymond as possibly being on his way out of Golden State? So I, I think that Draymond's definitely on his way out. I don't think that they're going to go forward, and I don't think they were going to initially. And then after this incident, I really don't think they're going to go forward. It is really interesting with Clay Thompson, and I don't, I don't really think it shows enough that they're going to move forward without him. I think it's really just – I truly believe they're trying to see if he still fits in that system, and I think he might be trying to see the same thing. He didn't see a full season. He didn't – to me – played pretty underwhelmingly last season. Yes, even in the postseason, I don't think he really put up clay numbers, which he came back from that injury. It's he's I'm glad he's just back. I love watching Clay play. It doesn't matter who he's playing for. Now yep. I hope I hope he misses every shot tonight. You know, I can't I can't risk this. But uh, usually I like him and and don't have a problem with him. So I really do think that this is just kind of the time where they're just waiting and seeing, you know, is he still a fit? Is this system benefiting him? Is he benefiting the system? So I think that it's just kind of a time to see, but I definitely think Clay could very well be with the Warriors until he chooses to retire. And I almost think him and Steph, especially Steph, have that option. I don't think either of them have to worry about being, you know, kicked out the back door. I think they're both pretty solidified. And I think that the Golden State Warriors want to have a dynasty. They want to get these guys on MJ's level. They want to get on the Bulls dynasty level. So I don't think you get rid of a player like Clay if you want to do that. So it's interesting Time will tell. I don't think Clay is definitely on his way out, but I think that there is a slight chance maybe he will be. But over, for the most part, I think they're going to try to keep that system because it's worked so well. And even when he did, didn't play the best, he was still Clay Thompson in the playoffs this last season. So I, I do think that it's not a for sure he's on his way out, but I definitely think that there is a little bit more of a chance than there ever has been. Yeah, look, I, I'm still reeling from what I just said earlier about Golden State Warriors payroll being about $500 million next season. That's not even counting Draymond Green. Um, look, sometimes, you know, the Warriors ownership had said before, you can't put a price tag on championships and winning, and you only have so much of an opportunity. 30 teams in the league, only one of them can be the NBA champions. But, man, something has got to give, especially with the other NBA teams. Kind of, I mean, they're kind of complaining about what the Warriors are doing. I mean, granted, they're getting – the penalty as far as the luxury tax is concerned, but man, they must be just printing out money out in the Bay in the San Francisco Bay area, man, with all the, these extensions they're handing out. Look, extending Wiggins and pool, right thing to do. Personally, I think they overpaid for pool. Andrew Wiggins. I thought that was solid. I thought that was more of a team friendly deal for, for an Andrew Wiggins coming off his first all-star season, but man, I, I they got to think long and hard what they want to do with Clay Thompson and, and Draymond Green. Either, you know, they get those guys to take some hometown discounts, which, you know, that's easy for us to say, right? That's their money. If I was them, I wouldn't do it. But either you get them to take some hometown discounts or you think long and hard about, okay, let's get that $600 million payroll going in the NBA, which absolutely crazy. Or you might have to move on from some guys. And maybe that starts with Draymond Green next year. And, you know, Draymond Green, if he does go to, if he does leave Golden State, I can see a scenario where he joins his buddy LeBron in LA to your Lakers, man. So, you know, maybe we play this tape back for a year from now and, uh, you know, we'll see how you feel about Draymond, but we'll, we'll see what happens there. But it's not just in Golden, St in Golden State they're printing out money. We talked about Turner Sports and, and the Warner Brothers extending the inside the NBA guys. Talked about Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole, but a couple other of these young guys coming off rookie deals. Kevin Porter Jr. Jr. of the Rockets got a four-year, $82 million deal. DeAndre Hunter of the uh, Atlanta Hawks got himself a four-year, $80 million deal, I believe. Um, 
one more guy here in mind. Um, Nasir Little got himself a, a four-year extension. Is there anyone who you didn't hear get an extension out of that rookie class that should have gotten an extension in your, in your opinion? I can only think of two guys, but I don't know See, if there's anybody that comes to mind for you. There, there really is not. I, 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 yeah, there's really not a lot. I think they, for the most part, that's, that's a pretty solid. I, now, switching that up on the side that I was surprised, um, Porter Jr., I was a little bit surprised on that one, just a yeah. little bit. I was, that was one that did get one that I was like, this, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I just, I don't think we've seen him on the court enough to warrant something like that. I mean, he's had some successful playing time, but I don't think we've really seen him enough. So that kind of surprised me on that end, just because I didn't think that they would go for that. Cause if anything, the nuggets are trying to get back on top and now they have Murray back and now they're really, you know, making that push. And I, I, I think last episode I picked, they might make the, uh, championship the western conference i totally think they can do that but i don't know if porter is a fit for that oh you're talking michael porter jr yeah, yeah. no well michael porter jr got himself a pretty lucrative extension as well i think he's gonna be making north of 30 million a year for the next few years kevin porter jr for the rockets got himself an extension as well four years 82 million i was surprised to see that now, granted, I was surprised that the Nuggets extended Michael Porter Jr. because of his bad back. But Kevin Porter Jr. So many Porter Juniors, man. What the hell? Um, Kevin Porter Jr. You know, they got into some trouble with the, the Rockets organization. Had some run-ins with the coach with the front office there. So I'm surprised they invested in him long term. But maybe they, they, you know, they know something we don't. And uh, they're investing in the young guy. Maybe it'll become a team-friendly deal here in a year or two. But we'll see. But the only guy of note, at least here in Chicago, that I noticed did not get himself an extension was Kobe White, uh, the guard out of North Carolina. I'm not necessarily surprised, to be honest. Kobe White's name has been uh, floated around in trade rumors uh, for the past season and a half with uh, Arturis Kanishevis and uh, Mark Eversley at the helm here with the Bulls. Um, Still here in Chicago, maybe they didn't find a deal they wanted, but very well could be that they let Kobe walk, Kobe White walk after the season, assuming they don't trade him um, next season. And Ghost, you know, that's a that's a good question. We don't know anything about. Well, at least I I don't want to speak for you, Montana, but I'm hearing that what everybody else is hearing about the Celtics situation. They're not really leaking much. It's amazing, and I'm going to say this kind of sarcastically, but. It's a miracle they're able to keep as much under wraps with that situation, with everything that leaks to the media these days with the Celtics situation. And for those of you uh, that aren't, that probably don't know, um, I'm assuming most do, uh, Celtics coach Ime Udoka has been suspended for the year um, due to, let's just call it inappropriate relations. I feel like uh, uh, the Bill Clinton impeachment trials here, inappropriate relations with uh, some members of the Boston Celtics. uh, staff, we'll just say it this way. I, I really don't have as much uh, knowledge on that to comment on that, so I'm, I'm kind of tiptoeing around that. But Montana, I don't know if you've heard anything different. No, they've kept that under wraps completely well because there's not a lot that's out there. Because it once it breaks, it, it would break everywhere. And so I have not seen any. There's no news on that. They're kind of keeping that under wraps, which it's also the Celtics, and so I feel like they they can do a pretty good job of, of keeping that thing under wraps and hopefully figuring out for everybody involved. But I don't. I don't see him going back and, and, and coaching there. I know that they didn't fire him, but I don't think, I mean, that's, that should be it. But I, I, I do think what we do know is it's, it's probably, it seems like it might be a lot worse than what we do know. That's the one yes. thing that I heard is that it's like, not, it's not as simple as what the initial thing that they released was. So 
if we ever find out, it seems like it's going to be a pretty big, pretty big thing. So no news yeah. on that. We'll keep you guys updated because I'm sure that stuff will come out. You can't keep that under wraps forever. Yeah. And, and I think uh, one of the comments was alluding to some of the, the comments from Matt Barnes of, um, of you know, Matt, Matt Barnes, former NBA player, ESPN analyst and uh, co-host of the All of Smoke podcast. Um, you know, I, I'll be honest, I haven't gone back and seen Matt Barnes uh, retort to saying that he didn't know how bad the situation was. You know, my understanding from what he said is it's really, really bad. And once, you know, details come out, uh, there's no way Ime Odoka comes back from it, which was shocking. And from a from a basketball standpoint for the Celtics organization, it's a hell of a blow because that's a first year coach that led your team with high hopes to the NBA finals. They did get beat by the Golden State Warriors. But now that organization's reeling, they're going to have uh, interim coach Joe Mazzula take over, uh, assistant on uh, Ime Odoka's staff. Uh, there's some thought about Brad Stevens coming down from the GM's perch, but he you know, put those rumors to rest. So we'll see. I, I'm just as curious as everybody else to find out what's happening there. But once they do, well, Montana and I will comment on it. So, but there's something that we can't comment about our favorite show. That's basically sweeping all of the NBA podcasts and all the internet. It's another time. Yeah. Time for another edition of NBA player or every week I give Montana the names of five individuals and Montana has to give me the answer to whether or not it's an NBA player current or retired or somebody from another profession. It could be NBA player or European politician, Korean pop star, uh, NFL kicker, comedian, who knows, who knows we're going to come up with Montana. How are you feeling today about NBA player or, Sam, I do as always, because I have no idea what it is before you announce it to everyone. So I'm, I'm, I'm feeling all right, but I'm I'm still in the dark, so I don't know. I'm, I'll feel a lot better or worse once I hear what it is. Well, I'll tell you what. Jay actually said it best when we were talking offline a couple weeks ago. You are one of the best guesters I've ever ever met, uh, and either one of us would be happy to take you to Vegas to go play roulette. That's for damn sure. But anyway, if Montana happens to get the answer to one of the names right, you'll hear the sound. Victory! Thank you, Johnny Drama. That's a great uh, touch with the Kobe Bryant picture there. And if Montana gets the question wrong, you'll hear this sound. <laughs> I'm, li- I'm liking the new effects. All right. Montana, are you ready before yeah. I give you the topic? All right. This week's category or topic or, I don't know, whatever, word bank's not working with my brain today. This week's is NBA player or famous game show host. Hmm, okay. Not sure. <laughs> okay, yeah. I don't know. This could go either way. This is going to be like most of them. I'm not entirely sure if I know any. Because I'm sure, I mean, is it like mainstream or are we going like, any time, any like time era is. I'll, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. Anything is on the table. Uh, I, I, well, I kept it in this country. I didn't go outside of the United yes. States. That's okay. That might help a little I, bit. I, I didn't go to, to England. I didn't go to Great Britain. I didn't go to Asia or any other continent. You're not talking like, you know? like game shows from like the seventies though. Right. Cause. So. That's, yeah. All right. It's all right. I got it. <laughs> that's fine. 
Listen, we got some complaints. Well, I got some complaints that I was—I've been taking it too easy on you. But you know, I just reply with you're—you're just really good at guessing at this if you don't know. So, listen, it's a crapshoot like every week. Let's just let's just get into it. All right, all right. Name number one, Montana. Is this the name of an NBA player or a famous game show host? The name is Chuck Woolery. Chuck Woolery. Victory! The Mamba agrees with you. Chuck Woolery, um, famous game show host, not active any longer, but he's actually the original host of Wheel of Fortune before Pat Sajak has been the host for 11 billion years and counting. Um, also a host of Love Connection and Scrabble. I don't remember Scrabble, but I do remember Love Connection. Probably shouldn't have been watching it when I was a kid, but that's a different story. All right, one for one. Off to a good start. Name number two. Is this the name of an NBA player or game show host? The name is Ben Bailey. Game show ben? host. Victory! That's a game show host name. That's that was <laughs> the name. I can tell that one. That one I got. Uh Ben Bailey, game show host. He is the host of Cash Cab. Can't say I've seen the American version. Don't I've seen the British version, the Greek version, some other ones, but yeah, never the American. But Google says it's Ben Bailey. So either no matter what, you're two for two. Let's keep right. it continue. Name number three. Is this an NBA player or game show host? The name is Maurice Taylor. Maurice Taylor. NBA player. Victory! Getting to see a lot of the Mamba here. Three for three, Montana. Maurice Taylor, uh, formerly of the University of Michigan, uh, averaged 11 points per game in 534 career games with the L.A. Clippers and Houston Rockets, most notably in the late 90s, early 2000s. All right. Trey Bien, three for three. Name number four, NBA player or famous game show host. The name is Stephen Hunter. Stephen Hunter. Uh, I'm going to go back to game show host. I made the face before we got the wah, 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 wah. Stephen Hunter, formerly of uh, DePaul University here in Chicago, played in the NBA uh, in the early 2000s, averaged 4.5 points per game in 400 career games with most notably Orlando and Philly, seven-foot center, kind of a bust, but not my fault. All right, three for four, but hey, let's close it out strong, Montana. Let's go. Name number five, NBA player or famous game show host. The name is Eric Pytowski. Eric Pytowski. I'm going to go with NBA player. Victory! Eric Pytkowski, most known for his sharp shooting from three, ever 7.5 points per game in 789 career games, most notably with the Los Angeles Clippers. Poor guy was stuck with the Clippers before they became any good, and he spent a year with the Chicago Bulls. All right, four for five. It wasn't the five for five everyone was looking for, but uh, that brings your running total to 72 out of 100. Um, yeah, that's... <laughs> 72 out of 100 with, I believe, three or four five-for-fives in the bag. So uh, 
I mean, Montana, you got you got to give us a little something. What's what's the secret to your success here? I just guess. I usually I'm just looking at the names for any clues. If it looks like it could be this, yeah. But I I don't know. Honestly, I just guess each time. It's it's kind of sometimes I really know, but I think I've only really known like three times on this show. So usually it's, three times out of a hundred you've known it. I think it's been like six, which is still crazy. Maybe to me. six, maybe yeah, maybe six. But for the most part, it's a, it's a clear, it's a, just a guess. But it's worked so far. I just got to get that streak. I got to keep it up. But I, I don't think I've gotten two five for fives in a row yet. That's what I'm going for next. Okay, okay. Well, you guys heard it here first. All right. Well, before we go on, uh, let's pause here briefly for a word from the Yankee and the Brit. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Jay from Yankee and the Brit telling you to come over and check out our shows. The Yankee and the Brit Sports Talk, Well Beyond the Arc, The Markout Podcast, Flagrant and Foul, Real Talk with Jay, and MMA Underground Weekly at YouTube backslash The Yankee and the Brit. Deuces. All right, everybody, make sure you check out those those shows. Fracas wants uh, Montana to ask me a hundred for the next hundred. Okay. We might we might have reverse the roles here one of these days. That's not a bad idea. I don't know if I can guess as well as Montana, but one way to find out. Well, look, like we said before, it's the opening night of the NBA season here, and a lot of interesting matches, especially here in the first week. And you know, with a lot of uh, NBA and TAT games, ESPN primetime games, a lot of exciting matchups to look forward to. Montana, are there any games in particular, at least here in the first week, that you're looking forward to the most? Absolutely. So obviously Lakers games somewhat looking for the one I'm really looking forward to this week is the Lakers versus Clippers, that battle of LA game. I think it's going to be back. We didn't really see that last season because the Lakers were not the Lakers and the Clippers weren't really the Clippers either. So it'll be nice to see full squads against each other. And then on Thursday, that 76ers versus Bucks game, I think that could be a really good matchup and we could see that. I think we'll see that again, maybe during, during playoff time. So yeah, that could be a really nice matchup. And then Friday again, Heat Celtics. I think that's going to be a nice game. I think we'll see a pretty pretty good game. I know the Celtics play. I think while we're recording this, they're playing correct. Are they playing the? Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's uh, the Seventy Sixers Celtics going on right now. So that that'll be good to see how they you know bounce back, especially with all those everything going on. I'll be interested to see the first week how they perform. So those are just a couple of games, and then one more that I'm kind of interested to see is that Mavs versus Suns game tomorrow. I think that could be a really good game, and I think Luca's going to be on a tear. I think he's going to be on an MVP run tear. So I think we're going to see him have a pretty pretty big game his first game of the season. Yeah, look, you, uh, those are the games I'm looking forward to. But I'm, I'll start with a different order. I mean, I'm starting with the, the the Suns and Mavericks. I mean, Jay Crowder still hasn't been traded from the Suns. Uh, Suns basically bring everybody back for the most part. A um, little bit of turmoil in the offseason, especially with DeAndre Ayton claiming he hadn't been talking to Monty Williams since the Game 7 benching and, and the Suns being eliminated in the Western Conference uh, uh, semifinals. Um, the whole Robert Sarver situation with ownership there. Um you know, the Suns had the top seed in the West. It came came off a finals loss and, you know, didn't make it back to the finals. So I'm going to be curious to see how the Suns come out and, and play, especially without Crowder there. But I'm with you on Luka. I think this is going to be – I mean, Luka's already broken out, but I think he's going to take it to a whole new level. I think that um, they added a couple new pieces in Maverick uh, – in, with the Dallas Mavericks, excuse me, and Christian Wood and JaVale McGee uh, getting Tim Hardaway Jr. back from injury – 
having a full year of Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans there too in Dallas. I think Luka is going to be in the top three for MVP for sure. You know, with Nikola Jokic winning two years in a row, I don't think he's going to win it three years in a row, especially if you get uh, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back. I'm curious to see how Luka Doncic is going to do. Um, I'm 100% with you on Lakers Clippers as well. I think most fans have been waiting for the quote-unquote battle of of L.A. for the last couple of years, ever since Kawhi Leonard and Paul George signed with the Clippers. I think we've only gotten those marquee matchups just a couple of times. But, yeah, I'm just as curious to see John Wall making his Clippers debut. Uh, them getting Norman Powell back from injury too. I mean, the Clippers are deep, man. Very, very deep. Um, and then another game that we didn't, I mean, you mentioned uh, Bucks and Sixers, you know, always a good matchup. Uh, you know, Giannis and uh, Joel Embiid and their, their squads, but a matchup that I thought the NBA curiously scheduled here in game one or week one, excuse me, is the Brooklyn Nets against the New Orleans Pelicans. And two of our favorite guys, and I'm saying that with all the sarcasm in the world, uh, Zion Williamson going up against Ben Simmons. Now, Zion Williamson looks like he's done his part so far. He's got himself into shape, it looks like, and he's getting he's ready to play. Ben Simmons is back, and he's playing too. Um, probably not going to be shooting a lot or shooting any threes, but any thoughts on that matchup, the, the Pelicans and, and Nets? No, like you said, that's one of the more interesting ones that I wouldn't say I see it being like, I don't know. I see that the Nets definitely taking care of business because I think that this is their season to do that if they can. So I think that they'll have a pretty, pretty big game one of the season. But I, I don't, I don't think that the game is really interesting because of, you know, the teams and who's going to win. It's interesting because like you said, we're seeing Zion, Ben Simmons, two players that have been out for a long time who've not shown us what they're made of, who we're hoping have made necessary changes. Again, Zion seems like he has. Zion seems like he is beyond ready to go. Ben Simmons, not too sure. Some of those preseason stats, even though it's just preseason, it looks a little, looks a little. Still can't shoot. Still can't shoot. Still can't shoot. Uh, That's never going to change. I don't think he'll ever get that fixed, but I would say that it'll be a good matchup. And I think we'll see, I think we'll see Zion definitely have a really big first game. And I think he's going to be a player. I don't think he's going to be a serious MVP candidate, but I think he's going to have an MVP rising type of year because he looked great before he was out. He looked really nice. I just don't think we got to see enough of him. So if he really got his health right and his, you know, looks a little bit healthier then I think, I think he could have a really monster season. So seeing that matchup, seeing KD back, it's just going to be a really nice game. I think we'll see a pretty, a pretty good game, but I think, Oh, after, you know, Nets, Nets should take care of business, I'd say, score-wise. I, I, I want to see how Zion fits with Brandon Ingram and C.J. McCollum and the rest of those guys. I mean, they, they picked up C.J. McCollum last year, the Pelicans did, well before the trade deadline, and, and they went on a little bit of a run. They surprised some teams and stuck in, in the playoffs, and they had no business being in the playoffs. Um, gave the Suns a couple of games worth of scares as well, but I, I'm just curious to see – yeah, Devonte Graham as well. Um, you got Jose Grand Theft Alderado, uh, the second year man Herbert Jones. A lot of good pieces in, in in New Orleans, and and David Griffin's done a hell of a job. But I'm just curious to see how Zion's going to fit with more more so Brandon Ingram and um, I just said his name, C.J. McCollum. So we'll see. But either way, glad to have the NBA back. Plenty of great games this week, so be sure to check them out. But Straight question about team you're most excited to see. Give me one team from the East that you're most excited to see and one team from the West you're most excited to see. 
So for East, I'm I'm really excited to see the Hawks. I think that we're going to see a dangerous Hawks team. I, you know, Trey Young was doing Trey Young things during the preseason, you know, ball between people's legs. I mean, he was just doing insane dribble moves, showing us what he's doing. And I mean, that's a player that he's got all the flash and he also has all the fundamentals behind it as well. So I think seeing him matched up with a couple new pieces, we'll see a really nice Hawks team. So that's one team. That'd be my East team. I'm really excited for the Hawks. And then when for my West team, I'm really excited to see the Timberwolves. I think that we're going to see Anthony Edwards is going to have a monster season. I think we're going to see Cat a lot a lot more complete as a player playing alongside Gobert. So I think we're going to see Minnesota have a pretty exciting season. So those would be my top two. Yeah, I think in the in the East, if it wasn't for the situation surrounding Ime Udoka, I would say I'd be very curious to see the Celtics. And I said it a couple of times on our show here in the last couple of months, uh, you know, from the off season, the fact that they were able to p- pick up Danilo Gallinari, which again, I know he's hurt, but they picked up Malcolm Brogdon for office supplies and nothing that only made their team even deeper, but I'm not as excited. I'm a little bit down on the Celtics because I, I think they're going to struggle a little bit out of the gate under a new coaching staff. And even if they do, they're going to hit a wall and, you know, with the East being so deep, you know, they made it to the finals last year. It wouldn't surprise me if they did well. I want to see how the Milwaukee Bucks do. They were the defending champions last year. Didn't make it back. Um, the Celtics got them in seven games last year. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo played in, in Eurobasket not too long ago. But probably Eurobasket wrapped up about a month ago. Uh, and the Bucks, to their credit, have been doing a good job limiting him in training camp, limiting him in the exhibition season. Uh, to get them rested and, and ready for the regular season. But, you know, Serge Ibaka's on the roster. They barely used him after they picked him up last year. He's only 33, only 33. Um, they still got a hell of a deep squad there. Chris Milton's going to be out, unfortunately, for a little while uh, with an injury that just came up. So I'm really curious to see how the Milwaukee Bucks respond because the East was theirs. Um, Celtics beat them last year, and now the East has gotten deeper. You know, Philly's gotten better. You mentioned Atlanta Hawks. Cleveland Cavaliers picking up um, uh, Donovan Mitchell. Uh, I mean, the East is probably 10 teams deep, but I want to see how Milwaukee navigates through the East. In the West, you know, I talked about the Clippers uh, a bunch. I felt like they had a a great offseason, just getting guys back from injury and adding John Wall. But the team I'm most excited to see is the Denver Nuggets. The Joker, reigning two-time MVP. Getting back two starters. In Jamal Murray, who I think is an underrated player in the league, uh, he's going to be—I think he'll be an All-Star this year—and also Michael Porter Jr., who we talked about a little bit before. Both of those guys are potential 20-point per game scorers. Adam with Joker, who's one of the f- top five players in the league, well coached, always well coached by Mike Malone. And in fact, I think Mike Malone had him overachieving last year. I want to see how far Denver can go with that squad. I want to see them. I want to see Murray and Porter jr. Healthy. um, And I want to see how far Denver can go. So that's my team in the West to look out for. And again, those are both great picks. I think we're going to see a lot of, a lot of teams trying to bounce back a lot of, we're just going to see a lot of movement. I think we're going to see a lot of exciting storylines really early on in this NBA season, because there were a lot of off season moves, or if you're, a fan of the Lakers lack thereof. So there were a lot of moves or lack thereof. So there, there's a lot of things that I think we're going to see some pretty interesting storylines really early in the season. Well, let's, let's talk about our squads. Let's talk about uh, your Lakers. I'll get in the bulls here for a second. Give me, give me some keys to the Lakers success. And what do you think the Lakers are going to do? How many wins they're going to get and how, how far are they going to go? 
Well, that's that's the big question right there. I've I've been really wanting to be super positive about about them, but seeing how they played in the preseason, even though preseason it's not a huge deal, but being beat by about 50 points almost by the Kings in their last preseason game with LeBron playing pretty decent minutes. I just, to me, that just looked, that didn't look great. That was not a good look, you know, when we're trying to have a bounce back season, but I, I absolutely think the Lakers are a capable team. If Anthony Davis is healthy, the biggest key to their success is Anthony Davis staying healthy. Cause even if you have Russell Westbrook and they can't let go of him and they have to hold on to him, I really think, and they're not going to lose by 20. They're going to win by 20 anyways, but um, no, they're not going to win by 20, but I do have the Lakers winning by four tonight as unrealistic as that might be. Uh, but no, so I think the Lakers, Anthony Davis needs to stay healthy. LeBron needs to stay healthy. And their biggest goal should either be benching Westbrook or finding a trade or something they can do. Because if they can bench Westbrook and make that work, I actually think that could be Westbrook's best way of helping the team is if he's benched. If he can come off the bench, I actually think that his play style and what he's doing so incorrectly could be shifted into a positive. So I, th- I think they need to put Westbrook on the bench. And now we have some injuries Early on, I know Schroeder is going to be out four to six weeks. So we have we have some injuries, which is going to set us back. But I think we could easily, easily win our first few games. You know, we've got we've got Warriors, we've got Clippers. I think we could go two and zero. Oh. I just think it's going to take LeBron and AD to have really good games. And I Westbrook, as of now, is it says he's potentially playing tonight. So we'll see that big three in action. And I think it'll be a big, it'll be a big factor how that, how those three guys can play together or separately if, if Westbrook's off the bench, but it's all about the lineups for me at this point is finding the best lineup that works because the Lakers have a decently deep team. It's just, they need to have those lineups figured out. So figuring those lineups out and Anthony Davis's health are the two biggest things on my mind for success at the moment. Okay. Give me a number of wins for this season and how they're, how far are they going in the playoffs? So I have them see, I, I, I really want to have them missing the plan and being a team that is not a play in team, but I do have them getting, being around that seventh or eighth spot at the end of the season. Um, I honestly, I don't, I don't even know. I mean, we were like, I don't remember our record. It was like 33 wins or, or something. I think it was 33 and 49 last year. I think we just cannot, we at least need to have 45 plus wins. I mean, I, there's no Call 45. Um, that's yeah. My, my, my floor is, is 45. My ceiling is probably only like 50. That My ceiling only goes up by five wins okay. because I don't, I don't see them. I don't see them, you know, getting 50 wins, but I see them having around 45 wins. So that's, that's kind of my goal. But I think, I think they will be that seventh or eighth spot. And I do think that they will make through the, make it through the plan just fine and be that, be that, you know, have a seat in the playoffs. But I don't, as of now, especially if they have Westbrook, I'm not saying, Oh, they're making a the champion. No, I'm not saying any of that. I see them getting eliminated in the first round with the team they have now. Okay. I think they'll be better. Me personally, just by my two cents, I think they'll be better than last year, just because you know I'm. And again, I'm like you. Health is a question mark, and I'll get in that with the Bulls here in a second. But if Anthony Davis stays healthy, if LeBron can stay healthy, Russell Westbrook, you know, as much as we criticize him, the one thing that he is is dependable. He can be there. I think the addition of Patrick Beverly, especially on the defensive end, might have a positive effect on this squad. Um, they're, I guess they're deep on the, on the guard line. Um, we'll see, but they're not very deep as a team overall. So they're the key for them is for them to be healthy. Um, if they are healthy, especially Anthony Davis, like you said, I agree. I think they will be 
kind of the low half of the playoff seed. I, I, I do see them going on. I don't think they'll get past the first round, maybe the second round, depending on the matchup, but we'll see for me. Um, you know, the keys for for my Chicago bulls, number one is health. Uh, our guys missed so many games with injury last season. I mean, Zach Levine, uh, got his knee scoped. Uh, he's back ready to go, even though they listed him as questionable tomorrow night, but I expect him to go. Um, you know, Alex Caruso missed some time with that whole Grayson Allen thing, but he was injured before that anyway, so we're not just going to blame Grayson Allen. Uh, but no, uh, he missed some time. Uh, Patrick Williams missed most of the last season uh, with a with a wrist injury. Uh, he's back and ready to go. He's going to be the Bulls starting four, at least to start off the season. So health is going to be number one, because I think if they have a healthy squad for the majority of the season, they're going to be fine. But the, Lonzo Ball will be out for at least I'm thinking at least eight to 12 weeks from what it makes it sound. Um, you know, when he went down with injury and didn't play for the rest of the season last year, it was a glaring um, omission for the bulls. He's a three and D guy. He's a guy that um, with his length, a taller point guard, a good defender can hit an open jump shot. Another floor spacer, you know, and, and not only that, but someone else who can bring the ball down, even though Lonzo Ball and Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan were bringing the ball down, split those those duties and Caruso when he was in. So getting back Lonzo Ball sooner rather than later and him being healthy and being able to be on the court for at least the, the second half of the season, I think is going to be another key. Third key for the Bulls is the growth of Ayo Jusomnu and uh, Patrick Williams. I think Ayo is going to have he's going to be the starting point guard to start off while Lonzo is out. Um, but all eyes are going to be on Patrick Williams. The kid's going to have some pressure on him because he's going into year three, former lottery pick, missed most of last season, showed some flashes in his first year about you know being a good defender. Uh, he'd guard the other team's best defender. Still has a developing offensive game, but can hit an outside shot, very long and athletic. I think for him, he's got to be more aggressive. So the growth of the young guys. And then their depth. Um they're a little bit deeper this year, signing Goran Dragic, who, you know, maybe he won't play in back-to-backs, but he'll be a good backup point guard uh, for the Bulls. Sal, I mean, he's still playing, if you saw any of the Eurobasket, he's still playing solid for Slovenia, so why couldn't he do that in the NBA? And then Andre Drummond, I think, is an uh, uh, underrated low-key signing. Um, a backup to Nikola Miritich, in, you know, in case something happens with Miritich or the Bulls get sick of him and they trade him off, that you got a potential starting center there. And the weirdest thing I saw in the preseason was Andre Drummond not only taking wide open threes, but making wide open threes. If Andre Drummond could do it, a guy that shot terribly from the free throw line, if he's swishing three pointers, Ben Simmons, what's your excuse? All right, I had to rip on Ben Simmons one more time. But anyway, that, that, that's those are my my keys. Uh, in addition to, to Zach Levine and Demar Derozan being a, a great dynamic duo. Um, but even with that, they didn't get a whole lot better. They're getting addition by some guys back from injury, but you know we don't know how long Alonzo Ball is going to be out. I actually have the Bulls taking a slight step back. They had 46 wins last year. I have them at 44 wins and fighting for one of the last Eastern Conference playoff spots. And it wouldn't surprise me if they had to go through the play-in route, being one of the 7-10 to 10 seeds in the East right now. That's not, um, that's not a, a slight to the Bulls. That's just how deep the Eastern Conference has become. I think the Bulls can be as high as four. Realistically, though, I have them at seven to ten range. I do think them going through the plan, they will find a way to get in the playoffs. Um, but I do see an early exit for them in the playoffs, unfortunately. So that's just kind of where I have them. 
No, All no right. championships for either of us this year, I guess. Yeah. Next season. Next our, season. Our, 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 my, my advice to us is to start drinking heavily, as they say yeah. in Animal House. <laughs> well, we, we're uh, getting a tip off to a new NBA season, but there's a lot of chatter, a lot of noise about who could be the potential number one pick next year. And I think it's not a question of who. It's just a matter of when is it going to happen. And a lot of eyes are on the young French sensation Probably going to butcher his last name, but the seven foot three Victor Wembanyama. Um, you know he's played in a couple uh, proams here, or not proams, uh, exhibitions here recently. Is, is impressed a lot of the scouts. Seven three can put the ball on the floor, can shoot, can do it all, and he's basically the most exciting prospect to be number one since dare we say LeBron James? Is that even accurate? But a lot of hype with this kid, Montana. I mean. What do you think? Is, is this guy the real deal, or what do you think? Well, so, yeah, the, the clips I've seen of him, he definitely looks like the real deal. Obviously, the NBA is a, a whole different level, but I, I think he's definitely going to be the real deal. I know that people there's been some people that have said that if him and LeBron were in the same draft class, LeBron would have gone second, which is insane to think That's about. That's crazy. That, that LeBron, is crazy. LeBron was by far the best player in that in that draft. I mean, he was there were some great names in that draft, but LeBron was a step above a lot of players that were even older than him in that draft. And so to think that he'd be number 2 is just it's crazy. But from what I've seen of the he looks like that's accurate. It looks like that definitely is how that would be because there's a lot of elements to his game that I don't know if I have seen a player of that height have all those elements and it's just it's scary. So I think that we're going to see I think we're going to see him just come on the scene and there's definitely going to be some teams that are, you know, they say tanking, they want to take tanking away, but there there's going to be some teams absolutely tanking for him. And one Oklahoma of them, city thunder, excuse me. Now that, yeah, I, I can see the Spurs being another one as well, actually. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good call. Just, but no, there, I mean, he's worth it though. He's, he is a player that is going to come onto the scene and be that LeBron hype type of player. We are going to, I mean, he is going to have that same hype and those same expectations and he is going to make an instant impact on whatever team he ends up getting drafted to. Yeah. Look, I, I said he was seven. He's like seven, three, seven, four uh, athletic. I mean, a guy that tall, you know, you worry about his frame. You know, you saw with Chet Holmgren, um, uber talented, you know, granted, he, ha- he has that foot injury. I don't know if that's necessarily because of his thin frame. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But that's the first thing I worry about when I see um, <laughs> go, go see, Jay's clowning on your spell, man. Don't let him get away with that. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious to see how strong the guy is. He looks a little thinner, but he doesn't look like a, Overly thin, I don't know, maybe is too, I don't want to get too much in his thinness, but the guy's definitely skilled. He can definitely put the ball on the floor. He can definitely shoot. Um, the first guy I think of is Kristaps Porzingis. That's not a great comp, but the only comp there is they're about the same height, um, similar build. But I think Wambanyana is a little bit more athletic and has a little bit more of a mean streak in him, on the court, that is. Um, so it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I mean, like you said, Oklahoma City – uh, maybe San Antonio tanking for him. Who knows? Maybe, you know, the Pistons we talked about uh, about a month or two back as having some nice pieces, some nice young players. If they fall into the lottery again, who knows? Maybe uh, when Benyana ends up in Detroit, who knows? But it's definitely going to be interesting. I mean, I don't know of any other prospects that are coming out. He's His name is the only one I hear about, so he must be pretty good. 
No, yeah, Sam, that's really the only one I've heard of either. So I think he he really is a step above, just like LeBron was a step above when he it was his time. So we're just seeing a player that I think is really going to be that step above. And when you're already a step above going into it, for the most part, you'll show up and show out. And we saw that with LeBron. And I think we'll see that with him as well. I think, again, I think he'll have an instant impact. And a team like you mentioned, maybe the Pistons, talk about a, a player that could help them get back on the right track. There are so many teams, even the Spurs, they've been successful within the last 10 years, but it's started to be a couple of years since they've really been successful. So this, this player could, you know, reinvent and revolutionize an organization and bring them back to the top. And that is a huge thing. That is a huge thing to say, but I truly think he is a player of that caliber. Yeah. Well, we shall see. Whichever team drafts them, just be ready to whole host a contingent of French media all over the place. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. At least in San Antonio, they're used to that. But, man, here we go. Well, that brings us to an end, to the end of another episode of Well Beyond the Arc. But this isn't the only place where you can catch our work. Montana, I think you have an announcement maybe? Could it, could it be? There might be an announcement about your other podcast. I do. There's been a there's been a while since I've even had something an announcement to make, but I am officially starting my Lakers podcast. It's called Purple and Gold Zone. I am planning on getting that dropped by this weekend and, and getting the advertising out, but I have not started. I've not recorded yet. I, I was going to do preseason, then I was going to do before the regular season, but I want to wait and see how this game goes tonight, and then I'm going to go from there. But within the next few weeks, there'll be that episode one of Purple and Gold Zone out. Nice. Well, be, be sure to check that out. I, I'll also be sure to check that out. I also know a guy, uh, Lex, uh, hair, glasses. Uh, it wouldn't be mine having a, a guest host at one point, but just drop that out there. Anyway, um, you can find my work on my blog and my website called the Sports Page Blog. You can find it at thesportspageblog.com. I mentioned earlier in the show, just released a blog this morning about uh, my favorite moments uh, from TNT's inside the NBA posted to my top 10 moments with videos, uh, some great memories. there. pretty entertaining to be sure to check that out as well. Well, appreciate you guys joining us for another episode of well beyond the arc. If you haven't done so already, hit, you know, hit that like button, subscribe to the Yankee and the Brit, uh, and we will see you soon. Take care.